Greetings, friends and fellow patriots and fellow citizens, and welcome to this week's edition of the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski. I'm the host of this podcast, which is paid for by the generous donors to the We the People Convention, and I am the president of the We the People Convention. Uh, today is uh, November 13th, 2021, and our republic is under attack, as are your individual freedoms, liberty, and prosperity. And that's what this show is about. We talk about uh, the threats to our individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity, and then we take action to do something about it. We are not just talk. We're about action. Those of you who watch the podcast routinely know that and appreciate that. Those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome to you, because this is where we we fight. We don't just sit back and get you all worked up and worried. We fight back, okay? And there's lots to fight back about this week, I guarantee you. Um, we start, you know, our show with the, uh, talking about the January 6th political prisoners. And, um, <clears throat> you know, this is, this has been an ongoing thing and we're finally getting more and more information out about it. And we have been writing to the January 6th prisoners, uh, by going to patriotmailproject.com. You can get their addresses, their prisoner number, which you must have to write to them. And we've been corresponding with the prisoners on and off for months now doing everything we can to help get them out. We supported the Justice for J6 rally. We took ads in the newspapers in Washington, D.C., you know, pleading for them to be released. We've supported uh, their families. You can donate if you go to mail, patriotmailproduct.com. You can uh, donate to their legal defense. Uh, we've, we've reached out to legal people to try to help. But um, until they're free, until we get justice for the political prisoners who are being illegally held and, and unconstitutionally, you know, prosecuted, uh, unconstitutionally treated where human rights are being violated in the DC jails, well documented. Just go to wethepeopleconvention.org, search on prisoners, and you'll see letters that describe, you'll see the judge saying that uh, they're being illegally, uh, you know, and unconstitutionally treated inhumanely, not fed right, not getting enough water, not even allowed to get haircuts, being denied their their due process and their and their legal rights so until they're released um we are not a nation that's just that simple and we're going to talk about that because some things have just happened that are really disturbing that you know excellent you know really make that point clear so we begin our podcast every week with a short prayer for the prisoners for their families for their legal teams and for our nation praying to god that he will give them the strength to persevere through this, you know, this persecution by our government and, and give their families the ability to hang in there financially and spiritually, uh, you know, as their loved ones are incarcerated against all legal precedent and, and then give inspiration to their lawyers who are just flat out in the most insane unjust, illegal, you know, court system you can be in outside of the Soviet Union, which is now gone or China, Mao's China or, you know, any other totalitarian state. So just by your head, say a quick prayer for the prisoners, their families and their lawyers.
I have to say that, you know, I know from the letters we've received back and, and many of you have forwarded to the letters you've gotten back to me. So I probably have gotten to read more letters than probably anybody, uh, that, uh, you know, they appreciate our letters. They're not broken. They sing the national anthem every night. Uh, they, you know, they are true patriots. And uh, as I said last week, and I will continue to say, we fight for them because if we will not fight for them, who will fight for us, right? That's the lesson from Nazi Germany when, you know, when you know, they came for the Jews and no one stopped them and they came for the, the gypsies and they came for the gays and they came for the Catholics and no one was there to stop them. We must stand up to tyranny. And we, and this is what, you know, we see today. It is literal tyranny. So there was a very important, uh, you know, release this week from Judicial Watch that they have gotten new documents from, um, the Washington DC Police Department. And, and these documents are damning as far as the killing of Ashley Babbitt. Judicial Watch announced today that it received multiple audio, video, and photo records from the DC Metropolitan Police Department about the shooting death and I say the murder, the killing of Ashley Babbitt on January 6th in the U.S. Capitol building. The records include a cell phone video of the shooting and an audio of a brief police interview of the shooter, Lieutenant Michael Byrd. Um, the records include new cell phone videos edited by the D.C. police that depicts police reacting to the shooting. Also included among the records is an audio recording of an interview of Michael Boyd by the Metropolitan Police on January 6th. The voices in, in, in Birds and the other witnesses' interview audio records are digitally altered to try to hide their identities, but it's clear who they are. Uh, Judicial Watch President uh, Tom Fitton has had this to say. These recordings and photos provide dramatic, first-hand evidence that the shooting death of Ashley Babbitt was unjustified. It is disturbing that neither the Pelosi Congress or the Biden-Garland DOJ took no action over this needless death. Flat out, what that officer did breaks every rule of policing that's out there. And we've said this before, and you know the truth. If Ashley Babbitt had been a black man or a black woman who was protesting for Black Lives Matter or Antifa, and he was shot by a white cop, there would be holy hell to pay. This is the two-tiered system that is destroying our nation. And we, the people, cannot agree. We cannot say, okay, we'll be a second-class citizen. You can have special privileges, and we won't. That's not America. That's not what we signed on for. That's not what the Constitution says. And we've got to fight it. And now we have to fight it even more. Because last night, breaking news, Steve Bannon was indicted on contempt of Congress charges. Now, this is a big deal, and, and, and so let me just explain it. Steve Bannon, a longtime ally of former President uh, Donald Trump, was indicted Friday on two counts of contempt of Congress after he defied a congressional subpoena from the House Committee investigating the insurrection on the U.S. Capitol. First of all, that House Committee is a sham. It's a witch hunt, just like they did to Donald Trump. This committee is totally illegitimate. The Justice Department said Bannon, 67, was indicted on one count for refusing to appear for a deposition and another for refusing to provide documents in response to the committee's subpoenas. It wasn't immediately clear when he would be doing court. I understand it's this Monday. The indictment comes as a second witness, former White House Chief of Staff and Congressman Mark Meadows, defied a similar subpoena from the committee on Friday. 
The chairman of that panel, Mississippi Republican Bernie Thompson, said he will be recommending contempt charges against Meadows next week. Now, why is this important? This is important because the DOJ has not filed, has not taken action, has not gotten an indictment to press charges for a contempt of Congress charge in 40 years. Okay? Special rules for them, not for us. This is just like what they did to Mike Flynn when Biden himself suggested they use the Logan Act to go after Michael Flynn illegitimately when the Logan Act had never been enforced against anyone. Okay? And they didn't do this. The DOJ didn't go after Eric Holder when he defied Congress's subpoenas and things about Fast and Furious. They didn't go after Brennan when he lied, knowingly lied, not kind of lied. It's documented he lied to Congress, okay, about spying on Americans. They didn't go after Brennan for contempt of Congress, and they didn't go after Fauci when he lied to Rand Paul. But we're going to go after Steve Bannon. This is the two-tiered system, okay? And so Thompson has threatened uh, contempt charges against Meadows in a letter to the lawyer George uh, Terwingler on Thursday, saying that if, if Meadows failed to appear to answer the committee's questions Friday, it would be considered willful noncompliance. The committee would first have to vote on the contempt recommendation, then the full House would vote to send it to the Justice Department. Meadows' refusal to comply comes amid escalating legal battles between the committee and Trump as the former president has claimed privilege over documents and interviews the lawmakers are demanding. Now, again, this isn't a fair court. This isn't something where, you know, Republicans and Democrats are equally represented. They've, they refuse, remember, to put Jim Jordan and Matt Gates and people like that on this, on this committee. They put Liz Cheney, who hates Trump, on this committee, right? They're not looking for the truth. They're looking to just, you know, flat out, um, you know, basically frame people. And, and President Trump did win you know, did win a, uh, a, you know, a court battle because, you know, he's claiming executive privilege. And so a court just upheld his right to that uh, on Thursday, I think it was. But that's still being played out until probably the Supreme Court. Okay. So what does this all mean? Okay. Folks, you know, many of you who've been watching the show for a long time know that I was the lead plaintiff in the uh, Tea Party targeting by the IRS that Barack Obama did. I was the guy who got the letter from the IRS back in 2011, before the 2012 election, you know, asking me to name every person in our organization and give the, the federal ID numbers of every group that the Ohio Liberty Coalition ever had as members. They wanted me to give transcripts of every speech ever given to our group by anybody. They wanted every document we ever printed. And I and I sat there and I said, wait a minute, we're just filing for tax-exempt status and, and none of this is required. This isn't about our tax-exempt status. This is a political witch hunt. This is them trying to intimidate the Tea Party, okay, and do opposition research. And it was. So Steve Bannon's sitting here today. This is Saturday morning, the th you know, the 13th of November with his lawyers trying to decide what to do. I was in that position 
And all my board members said, it's the IRS, Tom. You got to give them what they want. And our lawyers were like, it's the IRS, Tom. You, you got to give them what they want. And I said, no, it's wrong. We're not going to give them what they want. We're going to follow the law and we're going to force them to follow the law. And so we fought them for six years. And again, you know that the ACLJ represented us, Jordan and Jay Seculo represented us and we won in court twice. We defeated Obama and, and the IRS. And it's all documented in this book. And I've recommended this book to you a million times. Okay. The Intimidation Game by Kimberly Strassel. I'm mentioned in the book. It's about the Tea Party targeting. But what stunned me about this book, it was about so much more. It was about how the Obama administration and the left was going to weaponize our federal government against common people. I don't care what alphabet agency it was. Kimberly Strassel has the goods, whether it was the SEC, the you know, Securities and Exchange Commission, the, the Federal Communications Commission, whether it was the uh, um, you know, OSHA, it did EPA, it didn't matter. Obama was weaponizing the entire federal government against capitalism and conservatism and, and Christians and religion. Don't believe me, read the book, okay? And so... We've been through this threat. We've been fighting this threat for 11 years. And that's what we're fighting now. This indictment of Steve Bannon is serious stuff because they're trying to take over our country and they are defying the law. This isn't the law. This is a misuse of the law. You have a right to say what you believe. I never committed any crime. I didn't do anything that the IRS would need to investigate. You know what I did? I challenged Barack Obama. That was my crime. And now I've supported Donald Trump. And so has Steve Bannon. And I got news for you. So have you. So if they can come after Steve Bannon, they can come after all of us. There's nothing that Steve Bannon said that I haven't said. It's a free country. It's about freedom. But most of all, it's about equal justice under the law. And we've been all over this. I've said forever, until we establish equal justice under the law, we are not a nation at all. And the FBI must be disbanded because they are the ones who are creating this two-tiered justice system. The DOJ and the FBI as their Stasi, okay? And so, and here's the proof. Back in 2019, the, my Portage County Tea Party, we protested for government ac accountability outside the FBI building in Cleveland, okay? Because we wanted to get AG Bill Barr to stop this, to stop the persecution of Steve Bannon and all these guys, okay? So here's some video from that. Protesters outside the FBI offices in Cleveland this afternoon demanding equal justice. The event organized by the Portage County Tea Party. Aaron Logan was there. The words. Without equal justice for all, we are not America at all, are we? No. The American flags. We elect the president, you don't. The signs, all held outside the FBI in Cleveland this afternoon. The protest organized by the Tea Party of Portage County. And so we're here to protest the institution of the FBI, and we're here to protest the employees of the FBI 
who have not done their duty. Their main message, no one is above the law. The Tea Party's executive director, Tom Zawistowski, says too many agencies and politicians are corrupt. We demand equal justice. We demand equal justice. The people who need to be indicted, who need to be investigated, or they're investigated, they have the evidence, but they're not going the next step to putting them on trial in front of a judge. Shame! Shame! They do not uphold the oath that they took. These protesters tell me that we have not seen the last of them. They will continue to be out in the coming weeks and months until they feel the rule of law is reestablished. In Cleveland, Aaron Logan, 19 News. So there it is. You know, we've, we've been doing this for years. And A.G. Barr, you know, and Trump was president, and Barr was the, you know, the, the head of the DOJ, the attorney general, and they did nothing. Now, we're seeing the Durham probe, okay, and that's good news because it does look like Comey and McCabe and some of the, the DOJ FBI people may be indicted. But th that doesn't stop the left and the Biden administration from using the law against political enemies. This is not equal justice. This is Stasi, right? Show me the man and I'll show you the crime. That's Stalin's you know, deputy uh, you know, secretary saying, show me the man and I'll show you the crime. So we've got to fight this. And, and I'm, I'm asking you guys to start you know, writing letters to the editor, you know, going on talk shows, demanding that the FBI be investigated, that they be defunded. We need to point the finger where it belongs. This unequal justice cannot stand. And we, the people, are going to have to fight this. So what happens if they try to put Steve Bannon in jail for a year? That's what they could do for this, even if he shows up now to testify. What are we going to do? That's what I'll be thinking about this weekend. Because if they can do it to Steve Bannon, they can do it to all of us. That's the lesson. All right, so let's get on to other news for the week that's important to us, that affects your freedom, liberty, and prosperity. Study reveals spending bill would raise taxes on middle class despite Biden's promises. I'm sure that stuns you. What a shocker that is, right? Um, President Joe Biden's Build Back Better spending plan would raise taxes on middle America class Americans, according to study released Thursday, despite the president's pledge that taxes would only increase for Americans earning $400,000 more per year. The Tax Policy Center study instead revealed a significant percentage of middle income householders would pay increased tax in 2022 based on current legislation. Taking into account all major tax provisions, roughly 20% to 30% of middle-income households would pay more taxes in 2022, this study found. Okay, so that's true, but what it doesn't even talk about is this. This is the inflation chart that I want you to be familiar with. Okay, since in the last year from October 2022, from October 2020 to October 2021, the price of bacon is up 20%. Steak, 24%. Cereals, 4.5%. Fuel oil, 59%. Um, eggs, 11.6%. Uh, furniture, 12%. Laundry equipment, 15%. Used cars, folks, they're off the charts. They're up 27, uh, 26%. And sporting goods are up 8.7%. This is a tax, okay? Inflation is a tax. And the left is printing money. This $1.2 trillion 
infrastructure bill, which is the lie that the, that the Republicans participate in, okay, that, that infrastructure bill is spending money that's going to create inflation. It's going to make your cost of goods higher. That's a tax that the lowest income people pay, okay? So all of this, the war on, on energy, right? The, the, the hundred and some ships off the coast of California who can't dock and unload. And they aren't telling you this in the media. We talked about, you need to tell everyone you know, that they can't unload because the, e, the California EPA has put such stringent restrictions on the, the, uh, the trucks and, the, and their emissions that less than half the trucks in America can go into California. That's why the ships aren't being unloaded. There's no other reason. It's because of global, uh, or excuse me, cl climate change insanity, madness. This is man-made crisis. And they, they won't talk about it. But that's what you got to know and you got to tell your friends. Those goods are sitting off the, co uh, the coast of California and not being unloaded because of stupid mandates by the California EPA that is stopping the trucks from going in. And the, the VAX mandates are causing truckers to quit and stuff. We talked about that and we'll talk more about that. So let's transition then from, you know, from the Biden taxing America and making our lives worse. Okay. And let's talk about, uh, this story, which is really, I thought was very significant. CDC concedes it does not have proof of a single instance of naturally immune individuals spreading the virus. Okay. So they're telling people you got to get the shot because even if you had the virus, but they have no proof that you're a danger, okay? So listen to this. Uh, this is by Aaron Siri, who, who's, you know, on Substack. It's at our website, wethepeopleconvention.org. You would assume that if the CDC was going to crush the civil and individual rights of those with natural immunity by having them expelled from school, fired from their jobs, separated from the military, and worse, the CDC would have proof of at least one instance of an unvaccinated, naturally immune individual transmitting COVID-19 virus to another individual. If, this th if you thought this, you would be wrong. My firm, on behalf of ICANN, asked CDC for, per per for precisely this proof. ICANN wanted to see proof of any instance in which someone who previously had COVID-19 became reinfected with and transmitted the virus to someone else. The CDC's incredible response is that it does not have a single document reflecting that this ever occurred. Not one. But it gets worse. The CDC's excuse for not having a shred of evidence of the natural immune transmitting the virus is that this information is not collected. What? No proof? But yet the CDC is actively crushing the rights of millions of naturally immune individuals in this country if they do not get the vaccine on the assumption they can transmit the virus. Despite clear proof the vaccinated spreads, the vaccinated spread the virus, the CDC lifts restrictions on the vaccinated. That's dystopian. So what, what he's saying is you're, you've got natural immunity. They have zero proof that you can spread the virus. They have tons of proof that people who are vaccinated are spreading the virus like crazy, but they're going to persecute you and not the vaccinated. And by the way, you know those people that tell you they're vaccinated? If they were vaccinated more than eight months ago, make sure you tell them that they're not vaccinated anymore. 
because all the studies show that all the, the quote-unquote non-vaccines, because remember, by definition, a vaccine is a drug that prevents a disease, like the measles, right? That's a vaccine by medical definition. These are not vaccine. These mRNA things are not vaccines. That's a lie. But also, the people that are taking them, who think they're vaccinated, all the studies show that within eight, nine months, you aren't vaccinated at all. You're just as vulnerable as you ever were. So who's really the unvaccinated, right? If you show me you were vaccinated, are you really vaccinated? What's the time date on that? So, you know, and, and then they're telling you and me that, oh, side effects. There's no, there's no side effects. Are you, come on, there's no side effects. I thought this story was great because it just blows up their whole narrative. Saginaw Township schools close Monday after staff have negative reaction to the COVID booster shot. Oh, really? The Saginaw Township Community Schools in Michigan admitted in a Facebook post Monday that a large number of faculty members fell ill following booster jabs. The adverse events combined with the teacher shortage resulting in, in the school's closure, a school's Closures, many schools. A large number of our staff had negative reactions to the COVID booster shot at a given cl- at a clinic over the weekend, resulting in absences today, Monday, the district confessed on Facebook. As you may be aware, there is already a substantial uh, substitute teacher staff shortage through the sta- throughout the state of Michigan, further complicating the ability to cover those absences, continued the statement. At first, the blame might be leaning towards COVID-19, but a district spokesman told ABC 12 News that a large number of staff members had a negative reaction to the COVID-19 booster that they received over the weekend, and that's why they were not there. But we're not, but, but the other thing, so we talked about the CDC is not tracking if there was a single instance, right, a single instance of someone immune, you know, from, from natural immunity passing the virus, but they also... Don't keep track of side effects, right? You know why? Because they don't want the truth. They want to keep lying to you. And that's exactly what they're doing. And so I found it interesting this this, this morning that this video was out by Jordan Peterson. Now, he uses a foul word here at the beginning, so, which is unusual for him. But I'm going to play this video because I think it tells it the way you should look at it. Here you go. Canadians who aren't vaccinated now cannot leave the country. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Why, why is that? And I'm, look, I got vaccinated and people took me to task for that. And I thought, all right, I'll get the damn vaccine. Here's the deal, guys. I'll get the vaccine. You fucking leave me alone. And did that work? No. So st- stupid me. You know, that's how I feel about it. It's like, well, now I have to get tested for COVID when I come back into Canada. I have to get tested before I leave Canada. Now, you know, that might be the latter issue. That's an issue with the Americans. And, and so that's outside of the Canadian purview. But the restrictions to get back into Canada are even more stringent. It's like, well, why to get the vaccine then if you're not going to leave me alone? And I don't think the evidence that unvaccinated or that vaccinated people are less contagious, let's say, I don't think it's very compelling. Yeah. So why are the vaccinated all of a sudden, the unvaccinated all of a sudden a danger? And I certainly don't understand the push to get children vaccinated. I think that's, I think that's, I think that's absolutely reprehensible. And I also can't figure out. Norman Deutsch wrote a piece in Tablet called Needlepoints, and one of the things he pointed out was that if you take the top twenty-five least trusted institutions, 
um, in that group, the most distrusted institutions include Big Pharma. Mm -hmm. And for good reason, and he details out the lawsuits that Big Pharma has had to pay because of misbehavior on, on their part, broadly speaking, multiple companies over the last 20 years. And they're the biggest lawsuits in American history, which is really saying something because your court system is set up so that big lawsuits are really possible. Right. And so I see the, the leftists, all of a sudden, it's like Big Pharma. Yeah, trust them. It's like, what? 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 Really? You guys? This is, I don't understand that at all, like, and psychologically. So what's going on here? It's like, well, I think the underlying phenomena is something like, phenomenon is something like, well, as long as it's for health and safety, it's always good. And, you know, not to get conspiratorial here, but the same damn thing is going to happen with the climate change push. Absolutely. They're already, Absolutely. Re, it's already being reconfigured as, well, it's the biggest public health issue of our time. It's like, no, I don't think so. I think overreaching bureaucrats are the biggest health, uh, what would you say, the biggest challenge to our health of our time. Yeah, I guess so, Dr. Peterson, right? And stupid me, I got the vaccine thinking they'd leave me alone. Stupid you, if you think they're going to leave you alone. And he just gave you the, the battle plan. Why do you think the left has all these commie you know, uh, city councils and, and you know, Soros and, you know, paid for people in, in your metropolitan areas? Why do you think they're all trying to declare climate change as a health issue? Why do you think they're doing that? He just told you. Because they're going to shut down your business because it damages your health because of climate change. They're going to take your car away. They're going to change everything about your life based on climate change, which is as big a lie as the vaccine, as big a lie as the COVID danger, which they said was killing 80, 90% of the people at the beginning. Remember those studies? Remember that group out of England, right? Who said these studies said it's the most deadly virus? It's not hardly deadly at all, folks. It is not deadly to infants. It is not deadly to teenagers. It is not deadly to people under 30. This is insanity. But you've got to see the insanity because the other insanity is that man is polluting the earth and we're going to destroy the earth in 10 years or 30 years or 50 years. It's all bunk. And I'll tell you something that happened to me this week. I talked to you about the video with uh, uh, Jordan Peterson and Schnellenberger, I think the guy's name is, that's, uh, uh, the book's called Apocalypse Now. Apox Apocalypse Never. Okay, Apocalypse Never is the name of the book. I'm sorry. I ordered that book. It never came. I waited like three weeks. I'm like, I ordered from uh, one I linked to, and if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org and go to the podcast page with the yellow button, there's a thing that says, you know, see Tom's book list. And if you click on that, I list all my favorite books, including Kimberly Strassel's book that I just showed you. And, and I link to this company called Alibris, which is not Amazon to buy my books because they're the oldest aggregator of independent bookstores in the country. So you buy the books from small independent bookstores, not Amazon. Okay. Never had a problem. I get an email from them saying they finally found my book. It was returned by the post office and it was destroyed. The book was literally torn to shreds. Okay. And they said, and we can't find a substitute. What? 
When I when I ordered the book, there were probably 40 copies I could have bought for like 20 bucks, 19.95, whatever. I went looking, folks, you can't find the book. The book that calls out the climate change people, apocalypse never. It shows that they're lying, that they know they're lying, that it's a scam. And this is written by a guy who was on the left, who was them, who realized it's a scam. I can't buy the book. And if you can find one, they want like $60 for it on eBay. Something's going on. And George Peterson just explained to you, why do you fight the VAC stuff now? Because this is the beginning. They are never going to give you your freedom back because they want control over you. But you're the one who can never give your freedom. The video I played last week that's still at wethepeopleconvention.org on the, in the video section of the woman saying, never trust anything the government says. And she said, you can't give me my freedom because I am a free person in myself. Government doesn't give me freedom. Go watch that video for inspiration. But understand the threat to you and your family, your children, to your way of life. That's what this is. This is totalitarianism. And they're, and they're going to do it if we don't stop them. So it's good to see that we are fighting back. Federal Workers Union urges Biden to postpone his vaccine mandate deadline. A union representing more than 700,000 federal workers on Tuesday called on President Joe Biden to delay his November 22nd, that's this week, vaccination deadline and move it to January 4th to align with the date set for contractors. The urgent request from the American Federation of Government Employees came after the White House pushed back the deadline for government employees to get vaccinated against COVID-19 from December 8th to January 4th. Uh, some 4 million federal workers will be impacted by Biden's vaccination mandate, which requires that they receive their final dose by November 8th in order to be considered fully vaccinated by November 22nd deadline. Those who fail to comply with the requirement, barring medical or religious exemptions, face Discipline up to and including termination or removal. Okay, so they're pushing back. That's a good thing. Okay, and I do want you to know we talked about last week that the private company vax mandate through OSHA, which Biden's trying to impose. You know, if you have over a hundred employees, you know, we, OSHA can fine you uh, for not making them all get vaccinated. That was stayed temporarily by the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, but they ruled just last night, they ruled that uh, it's permanent. It's illegal. Biden's you know, rule is illegal. So if your employer is telling you that they've got to do this because of the Biden mandate or the OSHA rules, you, I will link to that story on our website in the podcast page, and you tell them that's a lie. There is no government requirement for you to force me to get vaccinated therefore why are you doing this okay fight back don't accept it okay and so this was interesting though because the biden administration keeps picking winners and losers because they're trying to thread the needle see it's it's boil the frog slowly right so so what they're doing is they're pushing you and pushing you and pushing you okay and then they'll see, well, maybe we've got to stop a little bit because you might get bad enough to fight back like you did in Virginia and you did it to school in the schools districts fighting CRT and stuff, right? 
So they push you as far as they can, and then they pick winners and losers. And, and what, what am I saying by that? Well, you know, I talked to you that last week, like 30% of truckers said, if you make me get vaccinated, I'm walking off the job. Well, Biden's fighting this inflation, and he's fighting, you know, these ships that can't unload and all that stuff. And so that's going to make us matter. So what do they do? Okay. Well, they the secretary, the labor secretary says the uh, the mandates won't apply to truckers. Okay. Here's what he said: Truckers hailed victory on Friday after Labor Secretary Marty Walsh said in an interview that most drivers will be exempt from President Biden's vaccine and testing mandate. Uh, Walsh's comments came in response to criticism from the trucking industry against the policy announced by the White House that will require millions of workers to be fully vaccinated or get tested regularly. The new rules are set to come into effect on January fourth. The rule applies to the federal government workforce and anybody working for companies with more than 100 employees. We've heard some pushback from truckers today, Walsh said in an interview on MSLSD late Thursday. The uh, ironic thing is that most truckers are not covered by this because they're driving a truck, they're in a cab, they're by themselves, they wouldn't be covered by this. Well, then why are police officers involved? They're driving in a car by themselves in many places. They're out by themselves, they're in public. A truck driver meets the exceptions. They work alone or exclusively outdoors and are not interacting with others at a pickup or drop-off location, according to the Department of Labor. The American Trucking Association president and CEO Chris Spears said the provisions for truckers were an enormous victory for our association and the industry in a statement on Friday. Yeah, well, I'm glad that they fought back. I'm glad they're not going to comply. But it's also convenient for Biden and those guys if they can do that, right? So then there's another story that's out here, and I've avoided talking about this, but now I've got uh, the angle I wanted to talk to you about on it. So they announced that antiviral pills from Pfizer, Merck, show promise against worst COVID-19 outcomes. The picture, by the way, I'm showing you just shows how cunning the left is. This is at the Washington Monument, and some lefty group has been given enough money to put, like, 700,000 flags in the ground around the Washington Monument signifying all the people who died from COVID, except for the fact that we know that they counted hundreds of thousands of people who didn't die from COVID. They died from cancer. They died from you know other diseases they had, okay? They were senior citizens who would have died anyway from other things, but let's keep the lie going and let's let's do this picture just to prove that, oh, you should be sorry that you didn't get the vaccine. Anyway, here's what I want to say about this story. Uh, people at ris- risk of severe COVID-19 could soon have a transformative treatment option, antiviral pills that can be prescribed and taken at home to prevent the worst outcomes. Pharmaceutical giants Pfizer on Friday announced that its experimental pill regimen, when taken shortly after symptoms developed, dramatically reduced the risk of hospitalization and death. A different pill developed by Merck and its partner Ridgeback Biotherapeutics is already under view by federal regulators. Wow, doesn't that sound like ivermectin and quercetin and, you know, vitamin D3 and zinc and vitamin C? Yeah, but we're not going to allow you to take those. We're not even going to allow your doctor to write a prescription or your pharmacy to fulfill those. But when Merck and Pfizer have a pill, okay, well, by golly, we'll let that happen because there's money to be made, don't you know? If the pills are deemed safe and effective by the Food and Drug Administration in coming weeks, they are expected to become available right away, although supply of the Pfizer drug could be limited initially. 
the companies have already begun manufacturing while plans to ramp up the production uh, with plans to ramp up production more next year. Wow, geez, they haven't gotten FDA approval. And yeah, where's the testing on this? Oh, but they're already producing them. Because you know why? You think the fix is in? You think they already know they're going to get FDA approval because they greased the skids, right? Right? You think that's the case? Vaccines will remain the primary protection against the coronavirus, but easy-to-take medicines that blunt infection could be a powerful addition to the medical toolkit to manage a pandemic that has killed more than 750,000 people in the United States and equip the world with a future in which the coronavirus continues to circulate. See, it will never end, and you will never have to stop getting vaccinated, right? That's the bottom line, because they are vaccinations. They don't prevent the next version of the disease. And there's plenty of evidence that the RNA is responsible for the morphing of the disease into Delta and the other virus. But let's keep giving you that vaccine. And you keep taking it. You keep taking it because that's, Dr. Peterson said, stupid me. Okay? The pills would augment the medical armamentum, not replace highly protective vaccines. Highly protective vaccines. Yeah. We don't have any of those. This is a damn lie. This is a damn lie. So now they're going to force you to get the vax and to take the pills because, baby, we're making money, right? We're making money. So this this will give you all the confidence you need because I was looking for this before. FDA recalls more than 2 million Biden-funded COVID-19 tests. All around Europe and stuff, they've had tests in the home that you can take to see if you have the virus, okay? Home testing kits. Well, why would I want that? Well, because I'm not going to the hospital. I'm not vaccinated, all right? And if I come down with the virus, I'd like to take a test so I can up my dosage of ivervectin and quercetin and vitamin D and vitamin and zinc and all that so that I can fight it as we've seen from people who fought it and, and done well. Well, now the Biden administration orders 2 million of these and they're defective. An at-home COVID-19 testing kit that the Biden administration spent $231 million to produce was just recalled due to the higher than acceptable false positive test results. According to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the 2.2 million faulty kits were manufactured by Australian company LUM, the company that produced the first over-the-counter antigen test. It was granted emergency authorization on December 15th, except they don't work, but that's okay. We'll give you the money anyway, because how effective are the COVID vaccine tests anyway? We found that those are terribly ineffective. LMM is recalling certain lots of the COVID-19 home tests because they have a higher than expected positive false test, uh, false positive test result for SARS-19. The reliability of negative test results is not affected. Okay, so if it says that you're, you know, negative, it's not affected, but it doesn't work if you're positive. Again, where's it, where is this? They don't want you to be able to test at home. You know, it's just pathetic. So, again, what are we learning? We're learning that you can't trust the government. You must make your own decisions. That they, they aren't following the science. You are, okay? And you've got to fight back legislatively you know uh, you know people like texas uh, and uh you know florida have passed you know no vax mandate stuff right you you've got to get your legislature to do that you've got to fight your business if they try to impose this you've got to file lawsuits 
You got to do whatever you can, but you can't quit. You got to fight them. Okay. All right. So that's the end of our first half for a show. We're going to take a very quick break and then we'll be back for the second half. You're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. And my name is Tom Zawistowski. The We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We the People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. All right, and I we thank all of our donors. You're who makes it possible for us to have this podcast. You know, uh, we do emails and and text messages that cost us thousands of dollars a month. And if you're not getting our emails and text messages, go to wethepeopleconvention.org. Uh, on the front page, I'll show you that. Right on the front page, you can see, you know, enter your phone number, enter your uh, e- email address. Why your phone number? Why your email address? Because our emails get blocked by Google. Most of you don't know, but like 90% of the emails, I don't care who your provider is, unless it's ProtonMail or Reagan.com, goes through Google. And they block my stuff. They literally look at the content of the links in my emails to decide to block them because I'm not allowed to say what I'm trying to tell you according to Google and Big Tech. So we use texting to send you a link to the press release or to the article that's on our website. And the texts get through to about 40, 50% of you, okay, versus 10 or 8% of the emails. But anyway... Sign up, get that. Thank you to our donors. You make this podcast possible. You make all the other things we do possible. We couldn't be here without you. Even if you give $5 a month, it makes a big difference. Just go to wethepeopleconvention.org, click on the donate link. And there's a section there that explains why you should donate because I think we're different than others because we actually take action. We fight back. You know what? And we win. So here's people who didn't fight back and we lost. And I published this article. I mentioned this last week because it happened right when the podcast was starting last week. And now we find out that the Republicans were responsible for passing the $1.2 trillion, quote-unquote, infrastructure bill with $0 for the border wall. I mean, this is an atrocity, folks. This is an attack on you and I. This $1.2 trillion, yeah, about $200 million is for bridges, roads, and the things that we want fixed. One trillion is for lefty causes. How about this one? What the Republicans just voted to pass requires car manufacturers from this point forward to put breathalyzers in every car made. Okay? That's, that's part of the cost. So what happens? You're going to pay for that. Car companies don't pay for that. The customer pays for that. And then they're going to enforce it. That's just one of the insane things, okay, that are in there. And the Republicans are responsible. A group of 19 Senate Republicans and 13 House Republicans helped Democrats and President Joe Biden pass their $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill that includes no federal funding for infrastructure such as a border wall to reduce illegal immigration. You think Republicans could have at least gotten that one concession? Because this doesn't pass if they don't vote for it. Republicans gave the Democrats all they wanted. They sold you out. 
The bill provides zero dollars for construction of border wall to reduce illegal immigration into the U.S., though it does provide $3.4 billion to fund projects in the southern border ports of entry, a pet project for moderate Democrats that claim they are helping improve the national security. So basically, we have these ports of entry on our border where you're supposed to come and, and where all the trucks that bring goods you know, to and fro from uh, Mexico and from the U.S. going back and forth, these are ports of entry. And so you're supposed to go there. And so they're going to improve tracking, like, you know, a scanning of tractor trailers to see if there's bombs in there or drugs or whatever. But in the meantime, we're just going to leave the whole expanse of the border wall open. Okay. And, but we're going to claim the border's closed. See, that's the bait and switch. So I just thought I'd take a minute. Let me read you. Here's the 13 people in the house who betrayed us. John Catco from New York, Don Bacon from New England, uh, New Nebraska. Jeff Andrew from New Jersey, Fred Upton from Michigan, Adam Kinziger from Illinois, Don Young from Arkansas, Tom Reed from New York, Chris Smith from New Jersey, Andrew Garbarino from New York, Nicole Malatakis from New York, Brian Fitzpatrick from PA, Anthony Gonzalez from Ohio, and David McKinney from West Virginia. Okay? All those people need to go. The cowards like Anthony Gonzalez and uh, Kinzinger have already said they're not going to run for re-election because they know they're going to lose, but they're going to hurt you on the way out. Just like that coward and that that unpatriotic American, John McCain, when he did thumbs down on the get, let's get rid of Obamacare bill, right, to get back at Trump while hurting you, hurting America, he's not a patriot. He's a despicable human being. John McCain, Trump was right about him. Okay? And we're right about these people. I don't care, Anthony Gonzalez, that, you know, you were upset that, you know, you wanted Trump to be uh, impeached after he was out of office because you were scared by the, the, the protesters at the Capitol building, you coward. But you didn't just say, I'm not going to run and leave it at that. You didn't stay with your supposed conservative values. You voted for this piece of garbage to hurt every one of us in your district. Anthony Gonzalez, you and I know each other. You are a coward and you're, you're despicable. I'm sorry. I've tried to be good to you. I've tried to be fair to you. You intentionally hurt me and my family. All these people did. Here's the 19th Senate Republicans who made this possible. Sullivan from Arkansas, Republican. Capito uh, from West Virginia. How can she vote for this? Crapo from Idaho. Blunt from Missouri. Burr from North Carolina. Deb Fisher from uh, North uh, Nebraska. Lindsey Graham, yeah, from South Carolina. Rob Portman from Ohio, yeah. Glad to see you go next year, pal. Tom Phyllis from North Carolina. What a never-Trumper piece of crap. Lisa Murkowski from Alaska, she just announced she's running for re-election. You folks in Alaska, yeah, show her the back of your hand. Get rid of that piece of crap. Um, John Risch from Idaho. Chuck Grassley from Iowa. Bill Cassidy from Louisiana. Kevin Kramer from North Dakota. Roger Wicker from Mississippi. Mitch McConnell from Kentucky. Yeah, Joe Hoven from North Dakota. Susan Collins from Maine. And Mitt Romney from Utah. It's all on our website. You can get their names. If they're in your state, let them know how you feel. That's my first ask of the day. Write to them and tell them they're despicable human beings. Okay? They should go. All of them. They need to be voted out.
Okay, some less, some better news, okay? Some better news. I want to talk about the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. And it's been really interesting to see the two-tier justice system at play here. Now, it looks like they've proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that Kyle Rittenhouse has acted in self-defense. But but we have, once again, the media trying to have this trial in the media. We've had Black Lives Matter and those guys say, we are doxing the jury pool. They're talking about we're going to have riots in Kenosha, and they, Wisconsin has now called out the National Guard because if you say he's innocent, we're going to burn the city down. This is the two-tier justice system. So I'm watching my TV, and I see a Black Lives Matter guy post something on Twitter or Facebook, whatever it was, saying that we're going to go after the jurors. That's a federal crime. If I'm an FBI agent, I am on this guy that night. He's in jail the next day. Why isn't he? Because we have a corrupt FBI and DOJ, don't we? Okay? And so now they're trying to get, they're trying to say that uh, he may not get off on all the charges. He may have to plead to a lesser crime. Okay? But they're going to have, uh, the, it's, it's, the case is ending on Monday, and then the jury's going to decide. He acted in self-defense. Two men tried to murder him. He killed, he shot him. Okay? But the one guy that pointed a gun at him, he didn't shoot and kill him. That guy said, I'm going to effing kill you. How come he's not being charged with attempted murder? He said he would kill you, and he drew a gun and was going to shoot you. Okay? This is the two-tier justice system. But he's had a good defense, and, 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 I, and that story is on our website at wethepeopleconvention.org. You'll see it there. And on that website, I, I put full disclosure. Nan and I have sent money to help fund his defense. And, you know, I think we have to defend him because if you can't defend yourself when people are trying to kill you, then what's the point? So this is another good story. This is a really powerful story. And, and I'm not going to read it all, but I, you know, I want you to you know, take a look at it on, on the line because it's really a good story. It's about local Dems warn party that red wave is real and 2020 is going to be devastating for socialists. And man, the, um, I just love the story. It's from Bucks County, Pennsylvania, which is just north of Philadelphia. And, it, and the quote is, this is a bell we need to pay attention to. This is something going on across the country, said Attorney Patrice Tilsdale, a Democrat who lost her bid to a, become a magisterial district judge. The Democrats in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, felt the red wave building over the summer when frustrated parents filled school board meetings to complain about mask requirements and an academic theory on systemic racism that wasn't uh, that wasn't even taught in local schools. That's according to this this story, right? Okay, Yahoo News, a theory that wasn't taught in local schools. That's the other thing now, don't you know? They're not teaching CRT. That's a figment of your imagination. It's only taught as a theoretical thing in law schools. It's been proven an outright lie, but here's Yahoo News, right, where this story came from, saying, you know, that they, they, they an academic theory of systemic racism that wasn't even taught in local schools. They're just, they're just in denial. They think we're stupid. They're gaslighting us. Doesn't matter. 
They realized the wave was growing when such with such concerns fueled by misleading reports on conservative media. Oh yeah, no misleading reports on NBC, CBN, CNN, Yahoo News. No, no, no. Mis, you know, misreading, uh, misleading reports began showing up in unrelated elections for judges, sheriff, and even the county recorder of deeds. And so they were not surprised, but devastated all the same when Democrats all across this county, northeast of Philadelphia, were wiped out in Tuesday's municipal elections. This is this is really a great story. It's it's several pages long, but you got to go read this because it's just like the guy, the Senate guy in New Jersey who lost to the truck driver finally conceded, and he said what? It was a red wave, and so I told you last week that they're saying, oh, because of that election, you know, the Democrats are going to lose like forty House seats, and I told you they're going to lose a lot more because they're they're going to make it worse. The Democrats have decided we're not, we aren't listening to the voters. We don't care that you don't like what we're doing. See, cause we're in charge and, and we tell you what you're going to like. And if you don't like it, we're going to go after you like Steve Bannon and we're going to go after you like these school boards, right? And we're going to have the FBI investigate you. You're a domestic terrorist if you care about your kids. And oh, by the way, as the guy who lost in Virginia, you, know, you shouldn't have anything to say about what we teach your kids because we're in charge. The state is important, not you as an individual. Okay? Well, what these people in Bucks County are saying is, yeah, you ain't seen nothing. These people are going to fight for their rights, and we're going to get wiped out. And I'm telling you, I think we're at a tipping point. I believe they're going to make it so bad that we're going to defeat Democrats at the smallest level. Township trustees, school boards, city council, mayors in urban areas, blacks and Hispanics and urban women who are you know voted for Biden because Trump was too crude, who now understand what it's like to be on the other side of the you know no equal justice under the law. We got to devastate the commie Democrats. We've got to drive their party into the ground. And they're almost gone here in Ohio, let me tell you. And we're coming for more of them. Okay? But go read that story. It's really good. And then share it. Click the share buttons and read it. Because it's it tells you what's really going on. Anyway, and this is this is part of the reason. Move over, teachers unions. Move over, teachers unions. There's a new special interest group in town. Here's a tip going forward for Democrats. Don't poke mama and papa bears, especially when it comes to involving in, involvement in their kids' education. If you provoke them, they'll bite you back, all in the name of protecting their cubs. After being gaslighted by bureaucrats this past year and deemed domestic terrorists by the Department of Justice, these folks have had enough. On Election Day, they, along with their allies, sent a powerful message to the nation. Unaccountable politicians are being put on notice. Move over, teachers' unions. Parents are the new special interest in group, a special interest group in town. For too long, Democratic Party-aligned teachers' unions have inoculated uh, and calculated young minds with propaganda and propelled the decline of America's educational standards. Schooling going viral in the spring of 2020, however, was a straw that broke the camel's back. If, if unaware before, parents now recognize something was awry with their coursework. The fact is that these schools were not teaching their kids at all. They were not teaching their kids. And what they were teaching them was garbage. And so now, what did I tell you? If you won school board seats, if you voted for someone to take over your school board and get rid of CRT, get rid of the, the transgender nonsense, anti-science, you know, 
issue, to get rid of you know, all the gay agenda, to get rid of the, the anti-American history, the 1619 Project and all that. If you took over your school board for that reason, your number one goal is to get rid of the teachers union. Because that's how they illegally take money from every tax-paying property owner in your community. They steal the money for the schools, pay absorbent salaries to the teachers, and cry me a river, you teachers. I've been involved with that. You don't even count your benefits when you tell me what you're making because you're so simple, stupid, or you're a liar. Teachers make ungodly money in your community, and they pay dues. They extort the dues to pay their unions to do what? To destroy our country and indoctrinate your kids. You must defund the communist left. It starts in your school district. That's what we must do. We're working on it. And here's a way we're working on it. Here's some more good news. In a blow to the woke left, South Dakota plans to swap diversity offices for opportunity centers to remove critical race teaching from college campuses. I love this. This is a great story that no one talked about. This is awesome. Public universities across South Dakota are working to implement a new action plan put forth by the Board of Regents that seeks to broaden campus objectives since they are not solely focused on racial and diversity issues. The Opportunity for All plan was launched in early August, roughly a week after Governor Kristi Noem signed an executive order banning federal grants tied to critical race theory. The Board of Regents restricts critical race theory by stating in the plan that they reject and will not promote the idea that any individual person is responsible for actions taken by other person. We also reject and will not promote any suggestion that one group of people is inherently superior or inferior to another group or is inherently oppressive or immoral. Today, university leaders are working to adhere to the region's Opportunity for All framework, which includes four objectives to increase intellectual diversity and equal opportunity. Regents approved the three Opportunity for All policies in early October, reports the Argus leader, noting that included revisions to the academic freedom and responsibility policy, guest speaker policy, and a policy on the recognition and funding of student organizations. While the Opportunity for All plan does not specifically state how each university must create opportunity centers on their respective campuses, it does tell administrators to realign current resources to establish the opportunity centers. The opportunity centers should realign and focus campus resources to effectively assess and address the individual needs of all students, according to the board's plan, adding that they should serve an inclusive community where all are welcome, accepted, and provided access to the services needed to assist, accommodate, retain, and graduate with equal regard given to the unique challenges needs of every student, meaning no division, no uh, diversity directors, no um you know, barring conservatives from speaking on campus, no uh, having a, a you know a, project, a program to uh, hire faculty who are only liberal and biased. Every state needs to do this. I, I wrote to our state senators about this. I sent them this this article. I want you to send this article to the people on the education committee in your state house and and senate. Send this article and say we want this in our state. We want all diversity off our campuses. That's bullcrap. Diversity is a word for racism. It's, it's we're not diversity doesn't make you stronger. It makes you weaker and dumber. 
Diversity means you say you want to play football for Ohio State, but wear a Michigan uniform. That's not good. That's dumb, okay? Diversity for diversity's sake is racist, okay? If I hire you for any reason other than merit, that's racist. Call it what it is. Send this article to the House and Senate education chairs in your state and say, we want this here. And you know what else you want? You want them to pass anti-CRT laws in your state. And in that law, you've got to say that any teacher proven to have broken the law and, and taught diversity and 1619 project and, and divisive racial, you know, CRT stuff loses their teacher's license and the ability to teach in your state. That'll get their attention. Take away their teaching license. That's how the left does it. That's why we've got to do it. This is now not as happy news. This is concerning. FBI raid on Project Veritas turns into massive scandal after privileged communications are leaked. This is, again, the two-tiered system. I don't know if you're following this. And again, full disclosure, the We the People Convention, and I personally donate to Project Veritas. I think they're vital to our democracy, our republic. They're vital to our way of government. They are the only media investigating government and holding it accountable. The, the government hates them. The FBI hates them. So long and short of it, there's this uh, diary by the niece of Joe Biden that, quote, unquote, she left in a hotel room or a you know, B&B or something, and, and it was, quote, unquote, stolen. And there's all kinds of really ugly stuff in there, like she was forced to have sex as a teenager with senators and stuff. And someone brought this to Project Veritas, and they didn't run it. Matter of fact, they told the FBI about it and said, we couldn't verify this, but you should see this. What did the FBI do? They raided the homes of like 20 Project Veritas staff, including O'Keefe, the president and founder, and confiscated their phones and stuff. But you know what's worse? Here's what parts that get you. The, the New York Times knew the day they were raiding the homes, they were told that they were being raided. Well, the FBI told Project Veritas, don't tell anybody that this is happening. They told the New York Times, that's a felony. Okay? And you know what else they did? They looked at O'Keefe's phone to see what other whistleblowers and stuff they were talking to. See the Stasi? See Christopher Ray? He's the Stasi. He's a Nazi. The FBI must be defunded and it, it needs to be, the buildings need to be turned down, torn down. You need to be protesting outside the FBI building in your community. They cannot be salvaged. This is unbelievable. Now, a court has just ruled that they have to stop looking at the phones, but they already did. And they already leaked it to the New York Times. I want to know who did that, and I want them in prison. Yeah, that ain't going to happen until we take back our government and we elect warriors and not wussies, okay? Not rhinos. 
And I'll talk more about that at the end of the program as we try to make progress on an issue. But you should be aware of that. That's a significant thing. Because what are they trying to do? They're trying to shut up Steve Bannon, not, not because he committed a crime, but because his podcast is one of the most listened to podcasts in the country, and he's beaten up on Biden and the left, and they want to shut him up. James O'Keefe is exposing. He's the one that interviewed the people who were FISA doctors and scientists saying, you know, we didn't test the vaccine well enough. I wouldn't take it. There are side effects. They're trying to shut Project Veritas up. Donate. Go to projectveritas.com and donate as we do. Help fund them because they're the ones doing the work. They're hurting the left. They're hurting the commies. We need to support them. Here's another issue that's going on, and I've been talking about this for you know a year, and it's critical. Our concern is that Xi from China is going to invade Taiwan. So I was happy to see a story this week that said that um, we're testing the Iron Dome defense they used in Israel in Guam. Okay, now you say, why Guam? What's that all about? Okay, well... U.S. military officials in Guam are testing Israel's Iron Dome missile defense system in anticipation of a cruise missile attack from China. So you see, this is not me just conspiracy theory. We wouldn't be testing this if there wasn't a real credible threat from China. The missile defense system, which the United States purchased in 2019, is part of the Pentagon's push to counter China in the Pacific, according to the Wall Street Journal. In June, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin ordered military forces to speed up efforts to deter Biden, uh, Beijing in the region. The U.S. Army completed its first test of the system in New Mexico in August, destroying eight cruise missile targets. That's good news. It works, and we see it in Israel. It works when Hezbollah and those guys launch rockets. They shoot most of them down. Um, if we can't defend Guam, the air base, and the other things there, it's really hard to project power into the Pacific, said Tom Caraco, director of the Washington, D.C.-based Missile Defense Project at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. Get this. Guam, a U.S. territory, has the closest American military base to China and is home to nearly 200,000 U.S. Sever service members and civilians. <clears throat> 200,000 Americans, soldiers and civilians in the military are on Guam. You're damn right you better protect it. You're damn right you better protect it. And here's another story that came up this week that nobody talked about. Nobody talked about this. Group Biden removed from terror list launches terrorist attack on U.S. Embassy. A U.S. Embassy was stormed. No news about this. No news about this. You're hearing it at We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. President Trump, while in office, had the Hutus in the Middle East designated as a foreign terrorist group, triggering leftists across the nation, uh, as well as in 22 aid groups operating in Yemen, who all demanded the designation be removed. Because those Hutus, you know, who were, you know, fighting uh, against, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia and stuff are our heroes. When Joe Biden took office, he, he did that. He removed their terrorist designation. So you know what happened next? Now they've stormed the American embassy in Sanya, Yemen, seizing large quantities of equipments and materials. A foreign terrorist group, the Hutus, stormed our embassy in Yemen, and it wasn't news at all. Then they seized equipment and materials, and then PJ Media reports, isn't it great that America's back and the adults are back in charge? 
America is back all right, all the way back to 1979. The last time we had a president so weak that enemies of the United States stormed one of our embassies and took hostages. The storming on Thursday was confirmed by the Yemeni media outlet Alamar Online. The Hutus are backed by the Islamic Republic of Iran. Of course they're not, you know, shouldn't be designated terrorists. They're backed by Iran, the biggest terrorist nation in the world. Yeah, nothing to see here. Um, and the attack came only days after they kidnapped three Yemeni nationals affiliated with the U.S. Embassy. So they're holding three hostages. The uh, PJ Media reported that the State Department confirmed the situation reporting the United States, United States has been unceasing in its diplomatic efforts to secure their release. The majority of the detained have been released, but the Hutus continue to detain additional Yemeni employees of the embassy. The official said the U.S. is also concerned about the breach of the compound. They're concerned about the breach of the compound. We can't even defend a U.S. embassy against Hutus in Yemen. And we're going to stop China if they attack Taiwan? That's not news? You shouldn't know about that? That's not on the nightly news? Wow. All right. I have one more story, and then we're going to wrap up the podcast. Okay. The podcast is a little bit shorter this week, but there's just a little less news. I just This is just an interesting story to me. Survey finds Catholic priests are becoming more orthodox. This is uh, from the American Spectator. It also found that fewer priests ordained in recent decades identify as gay, which is a good thing. Speaking as someone born and raised as a Catholic, okay? American Catholic priests ordained after 2010 are more likely to be theologically conservative and to affirm church teachings on controversial moral issues that priests, than priests ordained in prior decades, a survey published this week found. The survey showed that newly ordained priests have become more conservative for four decades in a row. Uh, the survey was conducted in 2021 by the Austin Institute for the Study of Faith and Culture. Uh, the author uh, of the report analyzing the study said, dramatic change is likely due to a drop-off in the number of progressive men who join the priesthood. They said that it is unclear whether this is due to self-selection or heightened scrutiny of vocations at seminaries and religious orders. After the clergy sexual abuse scandals exploded onto the scene in 2002, many seminaries were more careful with reviewing applicants. Now, you can call this a conspiracy theory, but you can go look it up and I'll tell you. But defectors from the Soviet Union in the 60s, are on record as saying that part of Russia's plan to destroy the United States because you can't have communism if you have strong religion because your only God can be the state, right? It's got to be Kong Jong-il in North Korea. It's got to be Xi in China who you honor, not God, not a religion, okay? So the Soviets, the KGB, had a plan where they actually trained homosexuals in Europe, sent them here, and had them join the Catholic Church, not just in America, but around the globe, to create the child molestation scandal and to destroy the credibility of the Catholic Church. Just a little side note, call me a conspiracy theorist. Go look that up. Go, go see about whether that was true or not, okay? But here's what they found now, Okay. Uh, the 2021 survey queried priests on range of issues, including abortion, homosexual behavior, 
birth control, and non-marital sexual behavior. The trend line in each case went in the same direction, as more recently ordained priests were more likely to affirm the Orthodox Catholic position. 90% of priests ordained after 2010 said that abortion is a sin compared to just 56% of priests who were ordained prior to 1980. The Catholic Church is a major player, major player in the pro-life movement in the United States and has devoted considerable resources to the effort, especially following Roe v. Wade in 1973. But the priests were against it back then. They wanted abortion. Now that's changed. The American Church became more liberal in the 60s following the upheaval of the sexual revolution, and, and this is part of the problem. While 89% of priests ordained after 2010 said homosexual behavior is always sinful, just 34% of priests ordained prior to 1981 said the same. Think about that, okay? Think about that. Priests were also asked their sexual orientation, while around 21% of priests ordained prior to 81 said they identified as homosexuals or somewhere in between but more on the homosexual side. Only 5% of priests ordained after 2000 said so. So 21% before 1981, 5% after 2000. The church catechism says that homosexual tendencies are objectively disordered and there has been considerable controversy over whether men who identify as gay should be ordained to the priesthood. A 2005 church document released during the pontificate of Benedict XVI said that men with deep-seated homosexual tendencies should not become priests. Priests in the 2020 and 2021 surveys were asked how much they agreed with the statement that the sole path of salvation is through faith in Jesus Christ. Well, 48.3% well, of all priests surveyed in 2002 say they agreed strongly with that statement. That number increased to 58% in 2021. Notably, priests who were ordained between 1980 and 1999 were more likely to say in 2021 they believe faith in Christ is the sole path of salvation than were in 2022, possibly indicating that already ordained priests were becoming more conservative. Okay? So there's a big change in the conservatism in the Catholic Church, and I think that's a good thing. But I think it was a planned attack on the church, just like all the lefts attacking. Well, I don't care if you're evangelical. I don't care if you're Mormon. I don't care if you're Jewish. There, there's a lot of assault on religion. Why? Because if it's the state is in charge, then you can't have religion. That's why religious freedom is important, even for those of you who don't believe in religion. Okay, if you're a supposedly, you know, an atheist or, you know, you're, you're not involved in religion at all, then quote unquote secular, right? You must protect religious freedom because it protects your freedom. Because without religious freedom, there is no freedom. Okay, so I do want to make a couple of things, you know, mention a couple of things. We wrap it up. I, I said earlier in the podcast that we need to elect people who are warriors and not weenies, not wimps, not rhinos. And I'm very concerned about this because the studies absolutely show, uh, the surveys show, it's going to be a wipeout next year. We're going to, we're going to, the Republican Party is going to win more seats than they've ever won in history. The question is, who are those people on the ballot? And we've been working on this document, you know, which I've shown you and talked to you about. And I, I said I may release this, and I, I haven't yet. But it's, it is basically a contract between the people of the United States and President Donald J. Trump. And the agreement is entered into for the sole purpose of creating a mutually a mutual understanding of the expectations 
upon all who agreed to be party to this contract for the 2022 and 2024 elections and for the future governance of the United States. The pledge li pledges listed herein are required to be made by any candidates who will be endorsed by Donald J. Trump in the 2022 Republican primary elections and to guarantee the votes from we the people of these United States who support Donald Trump and wish to take back control of our nation and make America great again. So in other words, we need to put in writing and President Trump needs to agree and every Republican who runs need to agree these are the things that we must do to defund the communist left and take back all they're going to do to us in the next 12 months and then some, okay? So make government unions illegal, meaning no teachers unions, no you know, federal employee unions, no federal unions, no government unions, illegal. No government money, federal money for four-year colleges, okay? You know, on and on. The repeal Section 230. There's all kinds of great things in this document. Now, I just heard this week that we're probably going to get an answer from President Trump on November 17th, that he's going to have eyes on the document and he's going to tell us what he's willing to do or not willing to do, okay? Now, again, I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know if President Trump is down with this idea or not. And I've made it clear, you don't have to agree to our 15 points, okay? He doesn't have to agree to all this. Just tell us what you will agree to. Help us come to a mutual understanding. And the candidates have a mutual understanding of what we the people want, what President Trump wants, and what they want, and what we need for America. So it's open for him to say, well, these 10 are good, but these five aren't, or whatever. Or here's my plan. But we got to have something because right now there's going to be a lot of people on the ballot in your primary who aren't going to help you, who aren't going to fight the left, who are bought and paid for by the Chamber of Commerce, okay, who are bought and paid for by Big Tech, who are paid for by Peter Thiel, okay, who are, are paid for by George Soros. This is the problem. We must solve this problem. And folks, those primaries are coming. They're not a year away. They're five months away. And we need time to say to somebody, for Trump to go to every congressman and senator and say, I'll endorse you if you agree to this. And if they won't do it, find somebody to run against them. Because I just did a survey this week and another for another candidate because of redistricting. And I asked a question about whether you would vote for the current Republican incumbent or someone unnamed that endorsed was endorsed by President Trump in your race. And 68% of the people said they would vote for the person endorsed by Trump over their current Republican congressman, okay, just based on the fact that Trump endorsed them, which means that we could elect a toaster against any Republican rhino if Trump endorses them, but he's got to endorse them for the right reasons. So I know I'm spending a lot of time on this. And I know you're like, hey, Tom, show me the receipts. Get it done. I'm pushing as hard as I can, but I'm trying to do it in a way that doesn't back President Trump into a corner, doesn't force him to say no because I'm not being you know, uh, flexible enough. But it may get ugly. I may have to put this document out and say, well, I don't care, Donald Trump, if you agree with it, and I don't care if these congressmen agree with it. This is what we have to have, and we're not going to vote for anybody that won't agree to this. That may be where we end up, folks. I don't want to be there. I want to be working together 
Because by doing that, we can dominate. All these problems go away. America would be made great again. And the communist left would be on the run, not only here, but globally. That can happen in just 14 months by January 2023 if we work hard now, if we're smart now, if we're serious enough to question ourselves now about what happened in the elections, who's responsible, fix it. There's hard work to be done. We're doing it. We got to keep doing it. Okay? Now, you know, if you want to send me stories or comments, you know, write to me at info at wethepeopleconvention.org, info at wethepeopleconvention.org, and for most of all, tell people about this podcast. Share it. On the podcast page, there's a share button. You click that, and you can send the, uh, the, the link to the podcast page that has all the links to all the stories in this to anyone you want, okay? But write to me at info at wethepeopleconvention.com, dot org and or you know just be telling people about the podcast we have thousands of viewers we need tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands you got to help do that okay all right we're going to wrap up the show you know i've been playing uh the you know the madison rising star spangled banner because people say they love it i love it and then after that i'm showing the quote by winston churchill you know that says if you will not fight for right when you can easily win without bloodshed, if you will not fight when your victory is sure and not too costly, you may come to the moment when you will have to fight. Let me put this up on the screen so you can see it. You may come to the moment where you have to fight with all the odds against you and only a precarious chance of survival. There may even be a worst case scenario. You may have to fight when there is no hope of victory because it is better to perish than to live as slaves. We are certainly, you know, past the point of fight for right when we can easily win. We are certainly past the point we will fight, uh, not fight when your victory is sure and not too costly because our victory is going to be costly. It's costly right now. There's, there's 55 people in a gulag in DC, political prisoners who are being, you know, who are being persecuted and that's costly. You may come to the moment when you will have to fight with all the odds against me and only a precarious chances of survival. That's where I think we're at right now. That's where I think we're at right now. And if we don't fight right now, and if we don't win big time or bigly, as President Trump likes to say, if we don't do that by next year, then we're going to be in the case where we're fighting with no chance to win, but just not to be slaves. That's why I put that up there. Those are, those are great words by Winston Churchill, and you need to abide by them. You need to understand that is the truth. That is the truth. And, and he also has another quote that I, I put on all my emails. And again, if you don't get my bloody emails, go to wethepeopleconvention.org and sign up, okay? But Churchill has a quote that I live by. It is not a choice to fight evil, for you must fight evil. Because it will either kill you now or it will surely kill you. It is not a choice to fight evil. You must fight evil for it will either kill you now or kill you later. So you can, you don't have a choice to not fight the vax. Because if they don't kill you with this vaccine that's not a vaccine, okay, 
then they're going to kill you with climate change, okay, or food shortages or fuel shortages or economically because they are evil. So you, it's not a choice. When your family and friends say, why are you like this? Why don't you just, oh, just forget it. That's not going to hurt us. They're just hurting those bad people. They'll never come for us. Give them that quote. It's not a choice to fight evil. You must fight evil. For it will either kill you now or it will kill you later. And our goal is to kill them first. Understood? Understood. We'll see you again next week. Thank you for watching. Please share this podcast. Please fight the fight every day in your daily life because there are millions more of us than there are of them. We just must have the courage to stand and fight them. Okay? We'll see you next week.